This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Welcome to Real Paranormal Activity The Network, entertainment you'll enjoy. You are listening to an RPA production, where people gather. LaFosse Corporation, LLC. We heard the distinct sound of a man's hard sole shoes walking slowly down the hall toward our door. The dogs were on the other side of the house. They were barking really really barking going to town and I don't think there's a way they could have heard that it was that that far away the steps got closer and then they stopped outside of our bedroom door I live with this big strong guy who lived very close to many many weapons he gave me a pistol and put it in my hand He said, you go first. Him being scared scared me. Big, strong people are scared than I was, too. I got the door open, flung it open, and no one was there. No one had any time to go anywhere if they had been standing right there. You see anything? It wasn't. It wasn't a real person. This is uh, Sean Clark, author of Voice in the Dark, lead paranormal investigator for Voices in the Dark, and you're listening to the Real Paranormal Activity podcast with my dear friend Aaron Hunter. Welcome. I'm Aaron Hunter, purveyor of paranormal stories, the occult, and the unexplained. Welcome to RPA. I hope you enjoy your stay. Hey guys, Aaron Britt here, and it is Monday, December 9th, 2019, episode 214. How's everyone out there around the world doing? And man, it is getting chilly over here. Britt, looking lovely as ever. Love this scarf. Yeah, whenever Britt is wearing scarves, you uh, old-timers out there know the deal. It's cold out when she starts wearing her scarves. (laughs) And yeah, you know, it's been oddly warm the last couple weeks over here in the 
in the uh, 40s, actually, during the day, and that's Fahrenheit for you guys around the world. But uh, recently, it has gotten cold, even snowed a few times. I would say, uh, you know, lower 30s during the day and easily lower 20s or into the teens at night. Yeah, it's it's cold. But it's nice and toasty here. The store den is all fired up. We keep the fires going 24 hours, so it's always warm in here. As far as announcements are concerned, you know, I hope you guys are enjoying your holiday season. I'm all done with my shopping. Britt? Yep. Yeah, me and Britt, we, uh, you guys know, we shop on the uh, on Amazon.com. I love having uh, all the you know all the deals. They have some great deals, and not to mention you don't have to go anywhere. It gets delivered right to your door. And fortunately, none of us over here has uh, gotten uh, the what do you call it the the package pirates that come up and steal your stuff while you're at work during the day. <laughs> Man, what a bunch of scumbags! You know, stealing gifts, especially on Christmas. Come on, come on, give it a break. But other than that. As you guys may have noticed, uh, the Sandman Lullaby with Mr. Sean Jones that comes out, you know, every other Thursday or whenever you find some time. He's been gone for, you know, a couple months now. Uh, at first, he was having problems. He actually, He's actually a DJ over there down in Orlando, Florida, and he records his RPA show when he's there. And unfortunately, he they updated his software or something like that, and he was having problems when they first updated. He had a guest come on. He couldn't get the guests to get recorded on the interview but his voice was being recorded so he couldn't figure it out but then now uh unfortunately he totaled his car yeah he sent me an email he's just saying aaron you know just want to let you know i'm still coming back but you know it's holiday season we've got some technical problems at the studio and now i totaled my car and i guess there's a semi involved don't worry he's okay no one's hurt it's just uh you know, it's a bad time. You got to buy presents. You've got some traveling to do. You know, go see uh, friends and family. You know, you're probably making Christmas dinner. You know, money gets a little tight. You know, when you need to buy another car, <laughs> and he doesn't know. He's thinking he's going to have to uh, probably find transportation by you know neighbors or friends or something. Uh, he probably won't be able to get a new car until he gets his tax return back. That's what he told me. So yeah, Patrick, if you're still listening or if you're listening right now. Uh, don't worry about it. Like I always say, take care of yourself first. And yeah, this is trying times for something like that to happen. So yeah, don't worry about it. And also, uh, the video shows, they're doing fine. But uh, The Witching Hour, you may have seen that they have no new episodes yet. Yeah, they just ran out of the episodes. And they're going to be, uh, they notified me that beginning of the new year coming up here. There should be some new ones coming out. They're going to go back into production. So, yeah, you guys who uh, make videos, you know how hard it is to find the time and all the video editing. Uh, it takes a lot of time, you know, with producing those video shows. So I feel for you. So if you guys are wondering where the Witching Hour was at and also where the Sandman Lullaby on Thursdays were at, was at, that's what happens. Uh, thank God nothing's happening over here. <laughs> Everything is nice and smooth. Just got some chilly weather. Okay, but we're going to do some listener stories. And as always, keep on sending in your own Real Paranormal experiences to Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, at realparanormalactivity.com. And I'll read it off on a future episode for everyone else to listen to. Uh, keep sending them in. we got a huge backlog, but, you know, as I always say, we're going to get to it. It may take us a while. First come, first serve. It's only fair, right? So, yeah, thank you for sending those in and sharing your experiences. But, yeah, uh, I think that is it, guys. Hopefully you guys aren't... Uh, going crazy yet no one flipped out huh i know it can get stressful this time of year <laughs> so just hang in there chill out relax and so you know what that means oh yeah man come on say it with me
Say it with me, too. The story then, for me right this way. No pushing, no shoving, and man, the fires are blazing. Oh, man, it's so toasty in here. I love it. And you guys know the deal. Go in the corner there, grab a beanbag, and find an empty spot on the floor. And as always, oh, man, get behind my desk here. And Britt, you got your packet? Okay, thank you. I got Britt's packet here. Let's see what stories we got. Ho ho. Holy cow. Um, yeah, we got some long ones here, guys. All right. Hey, long ones, short ones, medium-sized ones. We had some uh, people comment uh, that they're sorry that the story is so short or the story is so long. Hey, guys, don't worry about it. Uh, we're just flattered that you listen to us. We're flattered that you even want to share your own experiences. There's been people that say, uh, I've never told anyone this before, but I decided to share my story here at RPA. So, yeah, we were just flattered that you trust us. And uh, thank you for, uh, you know, for listening to us and sharing your stories. I'm sure everyone else out there uh, really appreciates that. And so with that, let me uh, take a sip of my green tea real quick before I begin. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it's so good when it hits the lips, man. I love that. All right. First one. This one is by Mimi, and it's titled, It Happened to Me. Okay, Mimi, let's see what you got, man. I was sleeping over at my cousin's house, and in the past, she always told me stories that when she lived in her other house, she would always smell a strong scent of cigarettes. Also, nobody in her family smokes. So, she said that she thought it was the owner that used to live there. He had passed away about nine or ten years ago. This guy used to smoke a lot. She knew this because her dad knew him. So we all thought that it was the ex-owner of their house until about one year ago. They moved out and in their new house and she would always smell the same smell. My cousin and I thought that the spirit maybe followed them into their new house, but I didn't understand why he would follow them. So, one night I slept over with my boyfriend, and I was in their kitchen, and we decided to play Uno. It was me, my cousin Robbie, her boyfriend Fred, and my boyfriend Pepe. And since everybody's lazy, I got up to get the cards. On my way to Robbie's room in the hallway, I felt weird. Now, with all the stuff that has happened to me, I now know that when I feel weird, that means I'm not alone. So I turned on the light, but I still felt weird walking down that hallway. So I just went fast. I went into her room, got the cards, and went back into the hallway. Her room is right beside her brother's, so to get to the kitchen, I have to pass his room. While passing his room, it was like something made me look into his room, and I saw a tall black figure, and I could feel that it was a man. So, uh, I just rushed back to the kitchen and gave my boyfriend that look like, shit, I saw something. He just gave me a look back, saying, uh, what happened? So, with my finger, I indicated to him, I'll tell you later. That night, my boyfriend slept in Robbie's room, and Robbie and I slept on the floor in the living room, since we had to wake up at 5 a.m. because we were going jogging. I set my alarm. As soon as it rang, I opened my eyes and just laid there on my side facing my cousin. And I couldn't move because for some odd reason I was scared. 
I woke up my cousin and waited for her to turn the light on because I couldn't turn around. I had this strong feeling as if there was someone or something behind me just standing there and staring at me as I slept. And the only thing I could think of was I already saw that shadow and it wasn't pleasant. There is no way I'm turning around just in case. I see something nasty and I really don't want to see that. When Robbie and I were awake, I went to wake up Pepe, and he told me that all night he felt as if someone was watching him and smelt that nasty smell of cigarettes. For some reason, I don't smell it and never have smelled it while staying there. One month later, my brother came to Italy from Canada, and I told him about my story, and he said, Oh, cool. You saw a shadow person. I'm like, what? He said, a shadow person. A few months ago, I was searching the net, and I came onto this site that explained what shadow people are. So I went on it and read all about them, and I guess I saw a shadow person. And the thing that freaked me out was that the site had a few pictures, and I found a picture of what I saw. So I thought, well, I actually don't know what to think. So now that other people have seen these shadow people, I have smelled cigarettes after it's gone. I finally have the truth of what is following my cousin. And that's from Mimi. Mimi, love it. And thank you very much for sharing that. Yeah, um, attachments, man. You old timers know that. I hate attachments. <laughs> yeah, you're right. In the beginning of the story, why would it follow? And it's kind of hard to believe that the second home she goes in, she keeps on smelling cigarette smoke, just like at the old place. And it's quite possible. And um, it doesn't seem to bother her, though, right? I mean, it kind of spooks you guys. It kind of is just there. So, yeah, I always look at the actions of whatever's going on. You know, if it's really loud and it's, it seems like it's really trying to scare you and it's really bothering you, yeah, you know, go ahead and, you know, do something about it. But, you know, every once in a while, you know, when you first discover these things, yeah, it's natural to be scared. But, look, you know, reading this, it doesn't seem like a, it's really doing anything, you know, except for, yeah, cigarette smoke, I, I get that. It's interesting that you never did smell it, but your cousin did, and it looks like your boyfriend did in Robbie's room, but uh, you didn't. Yeah, odd stuff. But yeah, hey, Mimi, it looks like uh, you just found out about the shadow people. Yeah, we get a lot of that, a lot of stories around here, so you're not alone. Uh, you sound like you must be a, a new a new timer. <laughs> I guess that's what I'll call you guys, the new guys. Yeah, if you listen to some of the earlier episodes, yeah, you'll you'll hear other people's stories about shadow people. So you're not alone. Yeah, Mimi. Thank you. I loved it. All right. What do we got here? What do we got next, guys? This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This one is by Ruma and it's titled My Dog and I. Okay, Ruma. Let's see what you got, man. Please forgive me if I can't explain this clear enough to understand, as it is a subject in which I usually avoid talking about. Oh, don't worry about it. Just uh, thank you for sharing. Very flattered. 
I'm also sorry this isn't much of a story, but a bunch of explanations of strange events, which I still have no answer to. I guess what I'm really hoping is that you can just give me a little security and reassurance as to what these things are. Since I was a younger child, I could see these shadows. At first, I would only catch glimpses or feel them there, if that makes any sense. But as I got older, I seemed to be able to catch better looks at them. I'm not really sure why this is, but I think it might have been more of the fact that I really didn't want to see them since I was afraid of them. That kept me from fully seeing them. Now, I always thought that I was just seeing things from my imagination since I always heard this from the adults in my life and being so young, it was easy to be influenced into thinking this. So really, I went on with things as normal or what I thought was normal until I turned 11 years old and got my first and only dog, which I had been begging my parents for my whole life. The strange thing about this, though, is the fact that my parents absolutely never wanted such high-maintenance animals. I had done research on what dog to get. I finally presented my argument on why I should have a dog and showed them how I had the money for it, which I had saved. They, of course, told me no and told me even if they had said yes, I didn't have enough money to buy that type of dog anyway, which was a non-shedding type of dog because my dad and sister are allergic to them. A week later, my mom found an ad in the newspaper for the dog I wanted for $240, the exact amount of money I had saved up. Well, okay, I had $250, but I spent 10 because I was mad I couldn't get my dog. Not only that, but it was the same breed of dog I had wanted. So the next day, we went and picked him up. He was so cheap because he was a runt and none of the other breeders wanted him. The reason I told you all this is because I can't help but feel I was really a bit too lucky, almost like I was supposed to have only my dog that I have. Because what I'm about to tell you is maybe the things I saw weren't my imagination. Now, my little dog is four years old and I have noticed he has a lot of quirks, ones that not only I have seen, but other people have noticed. For example, People tell me, I seem to always have this weird far-off look or like I'm always busy thinking about something. Although this seems to be either A, being paranoid, or B, me seeing something that others can't. My mom always says our dog must be autistic because he never looks anyone in the eyes but me and is always looking off just as I do. I honestly believe he can see the things I see and even things I cannot see. For example, when it's only him and I, especially at night, I know, it's a bit cliche sounding, he goes over to my dad's sink, which has a cabinet below it, in the bathroom, and barks at it. So I usually go up to him and ask what's wrong, you know, in that cooing, doggy voice people do. And he does these kind of grunting noises and backs up and goes forward with small steps. So, one night I decided to give him a little push in the direction of the sink just to see what would happen. And he began screaming and clawing at the rug almost like he was begging me not to bring him any closer. So after that, him and I pretty much avoid the sink now. Although occasionally he wanders back over there and barks at it again, but now in a more aggressive tone. The other thing is my family has Japanese blood. So, of course, I know a thing or two about Shinto beliefs and mythology. 
I looked up a few things here and there, and maybe so-called protection charms. Oma Mori. Hoping stuff like that wouldn't get rid of the feelings, considering they have intensified, and currently the worst I've ever felt in my life, to the point where I seem to actually be waking up every morning feeling sick. Different parts of my body, such as my arms, legs, go completely numb, and I get dizzy throughout the day. But the point I'm trying to make is there is this one particular hand motion, which I kind of guess signifies many different things in Shinto mythology, such as casting a spell, barrier, or some kind of protection barrier. I'm not going to lie to you; it looked kind of cool to me. But upon doing it, my dog went completely berserk, jumping around, barking, growling to nothing but the air around me. The hand motion wasn't anything very out of the ordinary. It was simply when you bring your hands back, and then slap them together in a very solid movement, almost like when you pray for good luck at the shrine during New Year's, except with more emotion. The funny thing was, no matter where I did it, how loud I did it, or in what room, or how far away my dog was, he always went crazy, and got in this sort of protective stance around me, even if there seemed to be. Of no way of him knowing that I did it. The thing I would really like to talk about, though, is definitely the feelings and the shadows I see. My dog seems to obviously see them too. So much so, it worries me because he actually chases after them. This being my only way of telling myself that I'm not just utterly out of my mind. The shadows are all black and a shape mostly in the shape vaguely like a human, almost. I guess, like more of a rounded starfish with a head. They have two eyes, which are just like little white circles, and they don't really do much other than give me an insane feeling of dread and make me feel a tiny bit nauseous. They seem to appear more in the summer, and if I don't acknowledge them, they don't seem to affect me as much. They mostly appear at night, regardless of if I'm alone or not. The exception was one time when I saw one get into a parked car. It just did the motion of opening the car door, even though it wasn't moving anything, and simply went through the car and sat in a store parking lot in broad daylight. When I looked into the car, it was empty. The only other thing that was different about this one was that it was very, very skinny. Probably about six feet tall, and had no eyes or noticeable features other than arms, torso, legs, head, etc., etc., compared to the bubbly starfish ones who were kind of stocky. I'm sorry this is not really much of a story, but I hope I can get some feedback.、Uh, thank you for reading. We love the podcast. And that was from、uh, Ruma. Ruma, holy cow, man, I love it.、Uh, thank you very much for sharing your story. Well, you know, I'm no expert,、um, but yeah, I'll I'll give you、uh, some feedback on what I think. You know, right away, the last part was very interesting to me,、uh, especially、uh, you describing this these shadow people, and they tend to appear. I mean, even if people around you, or if you're alone, day or night, and the one thing that really、uh, Uh, Interests me is that you describe most of them as like a starfish, a blubbly starfish, with a head.、Uh, I've never ever read that. Mo- I mean, everything I've read is the last part. You said there's one exception where it was broad daylight, and you saw this shadow figure 
you know, did a motion to a car door, but, you know, it didn't, you know, it's not opening the door. It just walks through the, the door and it sits in the car <laughs> and then it disappears. But it was tall, skinny, uh, no features, you know, head, torso, legs, arms. Yeah, that's the type of uh, description we always get, and that's always what I've read. Everything I've read is always, or sometimes it may be a, uh, wearing a hat, and they call that the hat man, and other variations of that. Uh, sometimes the torso, you know, from the waist down is missing, so they only they only see the upper torso, or you know, or sometimes it's vaguely like a human figure, kind of smoky, but never what you describe like a bubbly starfish with a head. Interesting. Um, yeah, with the dog, yeah, I like animals. I have a dog myself. I love animals, and yeah, I believe in uh, they are aware of many things. But, you know, one thing you got to realize, they, they have better hearing and different type of eyesight, especially cats. So they're much more aware of things. Because, you know, due to evolution, you know, being wild animals, you're out there. There's always something trying to eat you, and you're always trying to eat something else. So they gain these senses, heightened senses, you know, eyes, you know, uh, eyesight, hearing. Cats have padded feet. They're very agile. They can climb. I mean, cats, all cats are, I think, are one of the best predators out there. You can't beat it. But, you know, with the uh, with your dog going crazy at your dad's cabinet underneath, you know, in the bathroom underneath the, the mirror, you know, my dog, he barks at the walls sometimes. And guess when that happens a lot? It happens during the wintertime. Well, guess what happens in the wintertime? You got rodents, mice right they even the smallest hole they can fit through and they're in your walls and they're in there and they're running around and they're picking up the crumbs off your kitchen table right at night and so i know this and what you know i'm just going to throw it out there i always like to you know try to think of natural causes and you know i'm not saying you know this is uh, all bs i'm just saying that maybe your dog there's something living in the the cabinet you know underneath the underneath the uh, the mirror in the bathroom and even my dog, you know, he'll chase after crickets, spiders. If, he, if the spider's big enough, you know, crawling across the floor, he'll go at it. Yeah, he's kind of eye like that. I've never seen a dog do that. Or even a, a fly buzzing around him. He'll actually try to, you know, get it in his mouth. He'll, he'll chomp at the air. So, you know, my dog's very active. So I'm just, you know, maybe that might be something that, um, that could be, you know, in the bathroom. Something there, you know, natural. But yeah, I find it very interesting. Uh, your dog seems to be, you know, looking at things like there's something there, running, chasing after something that you can't see. Um, you started doing this protection thing from the Shinto mythology. I find that interesting because he never reacted the way you described until you started doing this little barrier motion with your hands, a spell or whatever protection barrier. And when you started doing that, you described your dog going crazy and coming back towards you, finding you to, and going into a protection stance. Yeah, that's that's odd. Um, one other thing that concerns me, though, uh, you, you state that, uh, where is it? You're starting to feel bad now. Uh, you're waking up every morning feeling sick. Different parts of your body, such as your arms and legs, go numb. And you get dizzy throughout the day. You know, I, you know, it's up to you. I would go and see a medical professional 
there's a lot of medical conditions that can cause these sorts of things. I would do that first instead of saying, hey, it's due to these things I'm seeing or paranormal. Yeah, I would do that. I would, you know, there might be something wrong and the doc can fix it or at least find out what's causing it. Um, and seeing as, you know, if, if you would say your mom and dad or your sister, you said you have a sister, if they were feeling dizzy and numb while they're at your home, but then when you leave your home, you feel better, you know, I would have to say there's some sort of gas leak. Because that happened to my uh, niece. They got a house because they separated from my brother. They got a house, brand new house. They closed on it. It was inspected, but after a couple of weeks, they couldn't figure out they're having headaches. These headaches. They weren't dizzy, but they're getting headaches. Uh, and they finally figured out uh, they had a gas leak, a small gas leak. And every time they were in their home, they had these headaches. And, you know, they couldn't sleep, uh, headaches. And so, yeah, you know, it, you got to think of these things, folks. Um, it's not always ghosts, even though you're seeing some shadow people. And that maybe you know, those two things going together, yeah, it's pretty easy to blame uh, the paranormal. But, again, you have health issues. So you got to get that checked out. But yeah, Ruma, uh, you're not alone. We get these again. This is another shadow story. We just told one before this. Uh, so yeah, this isn't exactly too crazy. I like the dog thing, uh, and I like the how you describe the this blobby starfish type of shadow figure. I've never ever read that, and I think that's pretty unique. And uh, you know, I like when you started doing the protection barrier. You never did it before, but then when you started doing it, all of a sudden your dog... Again, I like animals. They're a good indicator of what might be happening around you. So, yeah, Ruma, thank you very much for sharing that. I'm rambling on. Sorry about that. <laughs> but that's my take on it. Uh, and, yeah, thank you for coming by, and thank you for sharing. All right. Oh, man, you know, that was a very interesting story. Sorry for rambling on that. I was just, uh, you know, I was thinking about that, that, that description of the shadow person and the dog and... Yeah, day or night. I have also never heard of someone actually watching a shadow person in length during the day and going to a car, a parked car, and doing the hand motion as if it's opening the door and it just walks through the door, of course, sits in the car. That's something unique, too. <laughs> hey, you learn something every day here at RPA or every episode, right? That's you know that's why I love uh, you guys sending in your stories from all over the place wherever you're at, um, so we get to learn something, seeing what you guys experience. Okay, okay, let me get a, have a sip of my green tea real quick. My mouth is getting a little dry. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, love it. All right, what's next? What do we got here? This one is by Sister Mary, and it's titled Hospital. Okay, Sister Mary, let's see what you got, man. Working night shift in the emergency department was always chaotic. I was born, trained at, and went on to work as a registered nurse in a massive government hospital situated on the beachfront of a South African coastal city. Built in the late 1800s, upgraded in the 1940s, the once proud and pristine building was now a gloomy monstrosity of decay and disease casting its 16-story shadow over its South Beach neighbors. Paint peeling off the solid brick walls, medical equipment that hadn't been replaced since the 80s, an ever-constant staff shortage, and a patient load brimming to capacity from the region's HIV pandemic, it was a depressing place to work. Having said that, I must add, 
excellent to get experience. The neighborhood itself was a dangerous place to be, lined with high-rise blocks of flats and seedy timeshare apartments overlooking the Indian Ocean. It had once been a pleasant residential suburb quite popular with tourists, but was now a mecca for illegal immigrants, drug dealers, addicts, and prostitutes. Staff of the hospital faced constant fear of robbery on the public transport or of hijacking if driving one's own car. With one of the world's highest violent crime rates and being one of the country's largest hospitals, we were beyond busy. Every bad thing one can think of, we saw it, hardened to the wickedness of mankind, yet compassionate for the suffering. The doctors and nurses working there had no time for nonsense, including myself. I worked at the hospital from my early 20s into my early 30s. Over the years, we had all heard stories of ghostly encounters ranging from staff of all categories to patients of every creed and culture that entered through the doors. As a student, I had a horrible experience in an old lift serving the hospital's nurse's home. One afternoon after college, I had to go to the library to do some research on an assignment. I was feeling the flu coming on, so instead of taking the stairs up to my room on the seventh floor, I decided to use the lift. The lifts at the nurse's home reception were having maintenance done, so I walked down the corridor to the old lifts running up the center of the building. I had avoided them up until then, as I had always got a bad feeling near them. I pressed a button, and the first lift that came down had no light, so I waited for the next one. Alone, I stepped into the next lift and pressed the number 7 on the keypad. The lift took me to the third floor, but didn't open its doors. A sinister feeling overcame me. It then proceeded down a floor, didn't open its doors. Then it went up several floors again, stopping and not opening its doors. At this point, my heart was in my throat, and I was on the brink of a panic attack. When it did eventually stop, it left me on the 16th floor, which was vacant. I literally jumped out of the lift, landing on my hands and knees, trembling, cold, and sweaty. There was no one waiting on that floor or any of the others on my walk down to my room on the 7th floor. After many experiences that I often dismissed as just plain odd... In my last year of service, there was an incident that made me seriously question my perception of all things paranormal. It began four weeks before my first evening of night shift for the month. As we worked from 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. with just one doctor, two registered nurses, and four nursing assistants, we took our midnight breaks alternately to ensure the department was always kept running. Half of us had gone to the staff tea lounge to relax. It was a large, dusty room with rust-stained gray lockers, crawling with cockroaches and a dining table with seating for 20. We would put the hard wooden chairs together so we could lay across them, cover ourselves with whatever clean hospital linen we could find, and have a snooze. Those who weren't sleepy would sit texting friends, browsing Facebook on their mobiles, or listening to music with earphones on. That first night I slept peacefully, but awoke before our break ended and gazed across the room only to see one of my nursing assistants wiping tears off his face. When we got back to the department, we relieved the others and threw ourselves back into our work. Shortly before we knocked off that morning, I had a moment alone with the nursing assistant and asked him why he had been so upset. 
I had always known him to be a kind, genuine person, sensitive to the patient's needs. He told me that he dreamt of a young woman walking down the long, dark corridor that connects the tea lounge with the trauma room, crying, covered in blood, and holding a small baby, she came to him asking for help. He woke up paralyzed for a few alarming moments. This dream was reoccurring and it deeply disturbed him. Keeping an open mind, I offered him my sympathy and didn't think anything more of it until a few weeks later. It was a busy Saturday evening in trauma. Ambulance rolled in one after another with gunshot and stabbing victims. The sound of police sirens droned in the background and a sticky, salty sea breeze filtered in through the broken windows. By the time our break came, we were exhausted already, and the night wasn't even halfway done. As I was sitting down on my side, I felt something brush up against my back and neck. Uh, Nobody was behind me as I had my chairs pushed up against the lockers. As I was drifting off to sleep, it happened again, and this time, I turned around, but nothing was there. Too tired to care and comforted that I was in a room full of people, I fell asleep shortly afterwards with nothing to fear. I dreamt vividly of floating in the darkness from the tea lounge along the passageway, past the suture room, where I was surprised to see a patient sleeping, to the recess room. Then was back on my chairs and a young Zulu woman came down the passage towards me looking very distressed. She had dried blood on her face, stuck to her hair and was barefoot. There was no baby in her arms. She seemed so confused and said, Please sister, help me. Then she turned angry and approached me rapidly, her eyes big and bloodshot. She shook me, calling me names in her native tongue, expressing her disgust that the nurses are sleeping when she needs help and is dying. I struggled to wake up, desperate to escape this nightmare. My eyes opened, but I couldn't move. Something was holding me down. I saw one of my colleagues in the darkness texting on her cell phone, its blue screen illuminating her face, completely oblivious to my situation. As soon as the weight lifted, seconds later, I regained my senses, got up and fled to the staff toilet, passing the patient sleeping in the suture room on the way. I looked at myself in the mirror and wanted to cry. I felt assaulted as if someone had given me a cold, hard slap in the face. I had felt her heard her, seen her. In all my 30 years of life, I'd never experienced anything like that before. It was torture getting through the remaining hours of the shift. The only person I shared my experience with was the nursing assistant. He understood and confided that we weren't the only ones the spirit had bothered. The following evening, which was to be my final night shift, I slept out on the street in my car. Over the following months, I kept my story to myself and pricked my ears whenever I heard the tea lounge gossip of one resident night shift doctor complaining of a male voice whispering in his ears when falling asleep on his break, or of the matron telling an intern to see to a patient that was asking for medical attention in the recess room, even though no patients were in the department that morning. The most bizarre story was of a doctor and a nurse actually seeing a ghost in the nurse's station late one evening. Both were writing patient notes when the shabbily dressed man with a head full of dreadlocks and holes in his filthy clothes walked in asking for help. He appeared drunk and started yelling curses at them. As they were about to inform him that no patients were allowed in the nurse's station, 
the man faded away. The security guard that was stationed in the unit that night had even heard the swearing and had come to see what was happening. The doom and gloom of our unit was emphasized by one off-duty policeman fatally shooting himself in the head right outside our seminar room. A depressed patient hung himself in a doctor's examination room and a discharged psychiatric patient stabbed herself in the neck with a butter knife in the waiting room full of patients. No debriefing or post-traumatic stress counseling was ever offered to those of us that witnessed these events. We made the front page of the news several times and were even secretly filmed by an undercover news crew while they were covering a story on the millions of rands that had been embezzled by the senior hospital management. Ghosts were the least of our problems. About a year later, while I was working one afternoon, two Zulu approached me dressed in traditional clothing. They had traveled from the north coast and were looking for a lost relative. One of them handed me an identity book. When I opened it, I was shocked to see the face of the girl from my dream staring blankly at me in black and white. The men were elders from her village that had traveled hundreds of kilometers to the hospital to find the room that she died in. They had come to retrieve her spirit Using her name and identity number on the computer, I was able to confirm for them that she had in fact died in our recess room back in 2003. She had been involved in a motor vehicle accident during the December holidays. She was only 23. I couldn't find out if she was pregnant at the time. As it was local custom, I allowed the men into our recess room and watched as they carried out the ritual of calling the spirit home with a small twig. I prayed that it worked. It dawned on me that as she had died in 2003, and it was then 2011, it probably meant that she had been disturbing her family up in Zululand as much as she had been disturbing us. Dark, dusty passages, broken windows, leaky pipes, empty wards, reminiscing of days gone by. I have since immigrated to New Zealand in pursuit of a brighter career and a quieter life. Former colleagues still keep in touch, and last I've heard, the hospital has degenerated into such a state of ill repute that it is on the brink of closure. There are rumors of the Department of Health selling the property, and due to its location, it may be developed into a beachfront hotel. Who knows whether those manifestations were spirits, or perhaps something more sinister, but one thing is for sure. It will certainly be a very haunted hotel. Love your work. Oh, man, I loved it. That was from Sister Mary. Sister Mary, thank you very much for sharing that story. Uh, As the old-timers know, I love hospital stories. I love nursing home stories. Um, The reason being is because you you get, you know, you got medical professionals that are risking their reputation, and so it's good to hear these things. And some of you old-timers know that we, uh, you know, uh, we had a surgeon from here in Chicago. Uh, What was his name? Dr. Scott Cobalba. And throughout the years, his close friends would, would, you know, ask him, hey, come here, come here. And they would go into an office and they would tell him of an odd thing that happened uh, during surgery or after the patient wakes up. And he kept on getting these, uh, you know, his close friends would confide in him these odd things. And they, they would never call it paranormal, but it was just so weird and strange and Dr. Scott Cobala, you know, came on the show. I interviewed him, and yeah, he had a lot of cool things to say. He had his own paranormal experience. One thing is, is uh, they don't call it the paranormal; they call it the divine. 
yeah, they won't even say paranormal. So I guess it gives it a little bit more. You know, nowadays, let's face it, when you say paranormal, people roll their eyes. So maybe it's time to change the term, right? <laughs> with all the with all the fakery, like the Europeans say, and the TV shows, it's just become, uh, well, let's face it, laughable. But yeah, Sister Mary, you know, what can I say? Um, not going to question it. An old hospital. Oh, man. 16 stories. Beachfront. And now it's uh, in a very horrible part of town in South Africa, coastal city. Yeah, uh, thank you very much for taking the time to share that. Uh, I loved it. What can I say? All right. And is that it, Britt? That is it, guys. The packet is empty. And, man, as always, thank you very much for uh, coming here You know, every week. We're flattered that you even listen to us. Uh, we love you guys. And also, remember, on Tuesday, tomorrow, is uh, another show of Aaron's Heart Show with Aaron Frail. And Wednesday is a brand-new show of Terry's Mysterious Moments with Terry from Texas. And as you guys know, uh, Thursdays, you know, unfortunately, uh, Mr. Sean Patrick Jones with the Sandman Lullaby, you know, life has just dealt him some cards. It's uh, holiday season now, and, you know, he's his car got totaled. <laughs> so we just have to wait for, him for his return. He already sent an email saying, hey, don't worry, I'm coming back. Just, you know, wait for me. Of course we'll wait. And so with that, guys, what can I say? Listen to us at work and watch your days fly by. I hope everyone's having a great holiday season so far. And you can get us uh, on all the major streaming audio platforms. If you listen to iHeartRadio, Spotify, Pandora at work, you know, just look us up, put us in your favorites. And if you get tired of your top 40 music and you want to get your spook on while you're at work, we're there. Also, you know, of course, get the free RPA app. Or just, you know, simply go to the good old website, realparanormalactivity.com. And also, if you want to become a premium member, just go to the website, big old button there, $3.99 a month, cancel anytime, unlimited. Go ahead and binge watch if you like, and you get all the previous RPA episodes. Oh, man, we got so much there, hours upon hours upon hours of content. You can't beat it. $3.99, we think it's a fair price, and it helps us pay the bills. Thank you very much for all of our premium members as well. Or you can sign up through the RPA app if you have it, or if you already have the RPA app, you can sign into your account through there as well, fully functional. And don't forget, the first Friday of every month, we have the video shows coming out. So, hey guys, you know, hopefully we have something here that everyone will enjoy, or at least one show that you guys will enjoy. And with that, I am calling it. The show's been produced by myself and Britt, and is also made possible by LaFosse Corporation. And man, we love you. Oh yeah, we do. As always, thank you and good night.